Morning, Jerry. Amy, Good morning, Jerry. Hello. 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 Um, have yes. you been watching our Golden Girls of the Pool doing Australia Proud, where Look. too much sport is barely enough, as Roy and HG I caught some. He would say. <laughs> I, look, we are a, a sporting nation in Oz, and I have caught them doing their bit on TikTok, actually. I've got into a bit of TikTok. <laughs> I, I don't know if you caught their TikTok <laughs> contribution, but it's pretty funny. It includes masks. And... I, I, <laughs> anyway, I, but, yeah. I have not. No. I, I could maybe refer yeah. to my son because he's watched <laughs> all of TikTok or appears to watch all oh, of man. TikTok every day having watched all of youtube (laughs) Um, now i'm trying to get my head around what tiktok is it's it is pretty funny mostly there's some ridiculous things on there too but it's mostly pretty funny but anyway yes we're doing well in the swimming i think So that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today because Uh what's really on my mind, and it is Mm. a serious topic even though I'm sure we'll get a lot out of it, is cliches versus authentic and real communication. Now, sometimes we need the cliche, right? We need thank you for all your hard work. I have a friend who um, became agitated when she left a job and she didn't get the cliches she felt she deserved. Uh, And I think we all feel like that sometimes, that we deserve a certain set of cliches and if they're missing, it's it's very difficult. It feels wrong. It feels disorienting. Yes, somebody hasn't followed the social script. Uh, Uh Uh-oh. And oh, no. yet, and yet, I I wonder if the cliche is the enemy of good clinical practice. Oh um, man, that's, this is the big topics. Big topics. It is, it put, is a yeah. big. It is a big topic, isn't it? Okay, like so, uh, righto. It, so we're we're swooping around. We're circumnavigating the issue of cliches versus authenticity. Okay, it's a big topic, isn't it, Jerry? It, it is a really big topic because okay, often, yeah. often I'm in an interaction. Yeah, right. Not often. That, that's unfair. Okay. That's, that's okay. maybe a little From time of, to time. <laughs> from time to time. I'm in an interaction where I think nobody here really wants any authentic communication. It's very um, disappointing. It, very disappointing. Isn't that disappointing? I'm, it I'm feeling, is a little. Yeah. Uh, I think it's alienating also. I feel maybe isolating. You know, I know it's being authentic. It's very disorienting, but it happens a lot. I agree with you, especially yes. if you work for an organisation. Yeah. Maybe maybe the cliche is the sign it's happening. Then there's uh, whether, whether hearing one or whether yeah. bringing out your favourites. Do right you I. have a favourite? Favourite what, Jerry? Cliche. Oh, look. It's probably too early in the morning for me to have my favourite cliches at my fingertips. Um, I love it when you're in an organisation and it's not exactly captured in an easy-to-identify cliché, but there's a clear double speak between the mission statement of what you're supposed to be up to and what's actually happening. That's that's almost a cliché. I know exactly what you mean, and I would even (laughs) go one further... To identify this problem, look at an organisation's website and the front page of their website. Is that the correct expression? We all have exactly what they're not doing. Um, Yes, it's awful. (laughs) You know, it's so demoralising when you, you know, it's just not good, is it? I suppose I resolve that by... Well, yeah, I resolved sorry, that how do you resolve to, that? Well, I resolved it by going, I can't do this anymore. I better go and work for myself where, as God is my witness, we will do what we say we're going to do, <laughs> you know, where the mission statement actually matches what we're up to. And that's sort yes. of what happened. Yes. I mean, it, that, so that was an outward working of my own internal process. Jerry, I got to the edge of what I could handle. This is a long time ago now. But um, mm. I think that's sort of, you can work it into your journey, can't you? 
Maybe look, I'm jumping ahead. You stay with you. What are you got? What have you got? Well, what I'm thinking is if you're talking about something, if you're talking yes. about something real, yes. Uh, even okay. if it's superficial, yeah. even if it's yeah. not the most deep and meaningful thing in the universe, sure. um, and you're helping in a practical way, then yeah. the issues of okay. authentic communication versus mm. cliche are much less important, sure. uh, uh, much less salient. You know, it, it, it's just mm. not an issue. But if you're in a situation this is the key. I, I mean, I mm, think there's lots yeah. of keys, but but yeah. if perhaps the client doesn't want to be there or has, yeah, sure. you know, very, yeah. very strong, ambivalent. Yes, got, very yeah. strong mixed feelings. Yes. If the practitioner is not supported, oh, Jerry. Essentially, yes. if the practitioner the is yeah. not safe. Not supported by their organisation. Oh well, then said. I think, then I think. Well, why the hell wouldn't you speak in cliches? Do you know this is a nightmare in the field? This issue, <laughs> and it's also I'm sorry. It, nightmare is a really strong yes, word. It, it is a nightmare. In so, I, look, I, I'm yet. Maybe it's just been my work experience. I don't know. But what you're describing there is really common. Like, and and there's a lot of complexity that happens in the therapeutic relationship that's protected by confidentiality and privacy for, for a start. So it's very hard to articulate that dynamic to those outside that relationship or even outside the profession. Meaning, like, clients do have mixed feelings. They also go in and out of wanting to change, and they go in and out of being able to take. Well, yes. accountability yes. for the parts of their process that they need to look at in order to make the changes that they want. And not all of us are, have reached adulthood all of the time. And some of us carry on like a pork chop when we <laughs> don't get our way. Yes, yes. I, I think possibly you've just described me, but, <laughs> <laughs> well, moving well, on. Well, okay. <laughs> we don't need we're to diverse. probe into that. We're diverse. <laughs> But, I mean, I think, you know, depending yes, on where you're at. Yes, we all do it, yeah. yes. Well, but also you, depending on how able you are to comprehend. So say you've got a diagnosis of bipolar, let's say. This is a classic with people with bipolar, I've found. It's actually they go very much in and out of accepting that diagnosis because there's aspects of it that's kind of fun. You know, part the partying, going a bit funny, having lot, when they're up there having a good time. But when they're down, they're having a terrible time. And, and when they're up, they can go a bit too far and end up on Swanston Street with their knickers on their head looking, in, you know, passed out in the, in the gutter, which is not a great look, or having, like, crazy sexual experiences that are very dangerous. Mm. So, but, they, but when they're in a phase of I don't want to accept this, it's your fault because you're giving me a diagnosis, <laughs> it's, um, it's, that, that, that's almost a cliché. Yes. So they're like blaming the blaming the practitioner essentially for the problem. Like blaming yes. mum, like going, It's your fault, mum. Yeah, I don't have a good maths teacher. And yeah, then yeah, anyone with yeah. half a clue knows that the thing to say, even if it is, oh, that's what I wanted to talk about too. Oh, yeah, is sometimes right. a cliche and authentic communication can be the same thing. Yeah, and I think this be. is one of those cases where you say, okay. well, it doesn't matter about the teacher, it's your responsibility yeah. to learn maths and do well in maths no matter who your teacher is. Now, who mm-hmm. who hasn't had that said to them by a parent? Isn't that kind <laughs> of your standard? I think if you're from <laughs> Queensland, you've definitely had that, that said to you. If you're from Victoria and perhaps... In the rest of Australia, it's unclear to me whether that those words were spoken to you in childhood. Wow, how yeah. intriguing. Are you suggesting that the yeah. shoe-wearing states have very good maths teachers? I think the shoe-wearing states, no. I think their they're, they're, they're children are allowed to be children for much longer, sometimes up until the age of 45. Like <laughs> In the shoe-wearing states. In, wow. in the shoe-wearing states, yes, that's my sense of <laughs> totally got booted out. No, it's just there's diversity out there among what of what parents um, want their children to do and how they how how much they value autonomy and independence versus 
dependence and connectedness like they sort of there's a there's a variation in how that's seen yes there's also a post-war thing going on this is my hypothesis like there's there was deluge of immigration to australia after the wars both of them but more so in the second world war and i think a lot of folk especially you know arrived in a state of trauma and it you know when when you're in a disassociated state of some kind it's really hard for you to like take responsibility for what's happened to you it's just hard to do that so there's sort of I think there might be a bit of a legacy of that going on yes like a collective legacy of we can't handle that so someone else must has to it's not me yes I I didn't know how to do that so someone else has to do it yes yeah and that can get transferred onto the practitioner Jerry when there's a double speak going on about something anyway it's very hard to pin this down isn't it Back, I think you've got a sense of it, though, so I should let, let you talk, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> I? I do think that sometimes the cliché can be a true, it, 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 it can be a true intention. Uh, for example, saying to someone, the most important thing is keeping you safe or the most important yeah, that's thing true. is looking that's after true. you. That is very, true. very well worn, but but can can be true. But I think you know uh, you got you got to say it at particular moments because sometimes it's it, you know for some people it's easy to forget things like that when you're yes. caught up in something. Yes, really, we're all yeah. on a journey. Another another therapeutic cliche because there's all kinds yeah, of cliches. There's sporting yeah, okay. cliches as I started with our golden girls. And I also, <laughs> just as an aside, I hate the expression in sporting commentary, girls. Do they you? menstruate, they represent their country. <laughs> Let's call them women or athletes because that's what they are. Maybe technically yeah, some of the gymnasts are girls, but even really? so, they're doing things that you and I can't do. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, anyway, they're I, yeah, and they're hard. Yes, so I mean, hard, man. That the yeah. training regimes just grueling. Yes, so I'm incensed by anger here. Um, sometimes the athletes do let me down a little because they refer they? to each other as girls. But <laughs> yeah, because maybe they can do that. that. The coaches have done that. <laughs> they feel feel they have to. They've been socialized. They're trying to be good. Yes, girls. Yes, but let's <laughs> let's just be a little precise here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, the commentary probably is getting better. It's probably becoming slightly less cliched and I see slightly what you're saying. less Ooh. sexist. I don't know. You're tapping into the, you're lifting up the um, the skin of Australian culture, Jerry, and you're seeing a misogynistic heart beating there. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You might. Well, the thing is, oh, gee, how do we break that up? We need more data. We need more information. What else are you noticing? Uh, so that's mm. that's one thing I'm noticing. Of course, yeah. the business cliches are heaps of fun because oh. they're American. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're American. Yeah, the uh, Americans are fun. Here's a cliche about Americans. Americans are so positive. They, they're so, you know, can do. They're, they're a bit light on the details at times, but. So they're very can do, you know. Yes, in general. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, in general, a very positive kind of <laughs> on this, right? When you, when, that's a cliche, <laughs> I suppose. You know. Uh, so Dilbert is the greatest source of business oh, cliches. Dilbert. Dilbert. Um, let's uh, open the kimono <laughs> on this one. <laughs> I know you like let's, that. One. Let's. Uh, <laughs> Oh dear. Bring this up the flagpole and see who salutes. <laughs> no. Oh no, slightly sexual, but okay. <laughs> oh, like so, right on. I, I mean, according to Malcolm Turnbull, I don't know on, oh, on what dimensions, but yeah, right. the business world is getting better. I, I well, okay, so I, good. I, I good. Think, well, he thinks on the dimension of sexism. 
but I, I get, it get, might be. I, I've really it's never really entered the business world in any way, shape, or form. So I'm happy to believe oh, him. <laughs> no, well, I mean, yeah, business world. Where, where do we? What are we defining the business world as? The corporate exactly, business world? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Are we the business world? Yeah. Well, maybe. in theory, maybe we a little bit are. Like, I'm not looking over. I'm not responsible for a department or purchasing or oh i love it when you use those kinds of words <laughs> department and purchasing purchasing <laughs> invoices yeah. In, yeah oh, loving it oh invoicing yeah you need the admin side of it good yeah yeah, so as you can see, we have no idea what happens in the business world, maybe. <laughs> well, there's a lot of responsibility. I, I'm aware of that part. Like, for example, if in business, if you don't understand how cause and effects works, you don't stay in business very long. If you don't understand how relationship works, you also don't stay in business very long. If you don't understand and can deliver what your customer or client wants, you have no business. So there's actually a lot of maturity in theory in the business world. I suppose we might see exceptions to that in the media. But um, if you want to grow up, go into business. We'll see how, how, how mature you are. Wow. Yeah. I have because- never heard such a theory. <laughs> um, well, be- because if you're missing something in your, like, developmental pathway, it's going to smack you in the face if you go into business. You're going to immediately get direct feedback, and it's going to be very strong. Like, oh, give me give me an example of that. Oh, well, let's say you're shit at customer service, right? Like, say you, you say you say what you really think. <laughs> that you don't use cliches. Yeah, that you, yeah, you are a hundred percent. You're like authentic communication at I'm all times. Give an example of that. Oh man, you, I've got to think about that for a minute. Um, well, I suppose like it's, it's customer service, like there's probably, a, you know, a lot of people work in customer service. People who are agreeable and kind and compassionate people are drawn to customer service because they're dealing with the public. And the public at times are extremely rude. There's quite a number of Karens out there and they're very entitled people who think that their, their case is way more important than anyone else's. But 90% of people are pretty reasonable. So, so if you work in customer service, you're going to be kind of, sort of your your attributes are being a little bit exploited to deal with the more um, difficult contenders in the public who are very, very demanding. And over time, that can wear you down. Like, you know, like can wear you, because you basically have to sit with being unappreciated a lot. So when you, to do customer service really well, you actually need to know how to negotiate. You need to know how to negotiate and reason with a person who might not be very mature or reasonable or even mentally well. <laughs> and so I suppose customer service is a quick example of um, like waitresses, hospitality, that's basically customer service. Yes. Like, yes. And, you know, um, so in our state of origin, <laughs> I'm kind of tired. I don't know if I've told this story already, but anyway, I used to work as a waitress. And in our state of origin, when the waitress would come to the table, everyone would shut up and give their order in a timely and orderly fashion. And that was the way you give orders at a restaurant. Not so much in other places. They keep talking. This is very difficult for the waitress because if you've got a, an order for tw- of tw- a table of 20, and that used to happen, and you get an order wrong, the kitchen crucifies the waitress. They, like, throw knives and remove your head and <laughs> don't give you your dinner, for example. <laughs> like, they're really wow. annoying. yes. And I just couldn't deal with this failure to comply with the rules. Initially, I, I was like, oh, cause, you know, it was very noisy in a restaurant and a table at 20 yes, is really hard to yes. take orders. So you have to handle a situation like that when you work in customer services, service. And it doesn't matter that your customers are being absolute disgraces of human beings. <laughs> it's like you, that's part of what you're expected to deal with in customer service. So they have training about de-escalation and, you know, dealing with conflict and like essentially patting the, patting the customer down. But you need a very, a reasonably strong sense of self to keep doing that for a job because you pay, you're basically getting abuse hurled at you every, let's say, yes, every five days. You yes. Know? You're bringing it back. I think I worked <laughs> in hospitality between the ages yeah. of. Yeah, when you were younger. 19 and 30. Um, 
an honourable trade. It's a bloody difficult job. Yes. All the tables yes. And, all the and we're in good company. We're in good company. Many, many yeah. people um, have done that. And your empathy for hospitality workers, I yeah. guess, is rock solid within you. Uh, yeah. Well, because uh, what was your question, though? You want an example of the business world. Now, okay, here's another example, more complex example. Let me just try and put this together. So if you're a business manager, a senior manager, it doesn't really matter what the organisation is. You're overseeing kind of the transfer of stock, the, pr- the pricing of stock, the meeting the demands Ooh, of a client. Oh, I know the word for this. Oh, what? This is deliverables. Uh, I think, yes. Um, there might be my- some <laughs> deliverables that you're right, responsible yes. for, meaning isn't that a not- cute word? You have to it's, deliver yes, something. It's um, not not to take the wind out of your sails there, Jerry. I think deliverables are more like documents about an analysing of business situation as opposed to stock. But um, good one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this because I... <laughs> I briefly worked in the business world in London when I was about 22 or 3. Anyway, where are we going with this? <laughs> yeah, deliverables, well, in that context were... Um, anyway, outcomes perhaps? I mean, uh, I... No, I love the way you've described that I feel that as word. a you clinical psychologist, it. my yeah. job is about outcomes. Oh, yes, you um, love an outcome. I love an outcome. You get anxious when you don't get one, I think. We have to deal with perfectionism at that point. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't but anyway, know. Back to, back, okay, so you want outcomes. Okay, let's have a talk about outcomes. What sort of outcomes do you want, Jerry, at work? I Well, I work in a particular service where a particular kind of outcome yeah. is, okay. is uh, needed and I, I agree with that. I'm on board with that. But in yeah. private in private practice, I think usually the outcomes are fair enough. I think it's fair enough that people uh, want and expect and are working towards symptom relief, mm-hmm. uh, feeling better, and in in fact better lives, more okay. more fulfilled and, and, and richer lives. And yep. this is where the cliche becomes unnecessary because right. if two people are working on that, mm-hmm. then it, it's about something. It's about something real and important mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. meaningful. And I don't need cliches so much. Oh, no, I, no, it I sounds hope- lovely. And having a great working. So what do you need to get these outcomes? What are the preconditions or the assumptions that are made to get the outcomes? Oh, that's a good that's a good mm. question, isn't it? Um, mm. uh, first of all, you need somewhere to practice. You need a room. Yeah, okay, fair, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Or a Zoom, I guess, in this yeah. day and age uh, that is comfortable and confidential. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a brilliant question, Emmy. What, mm. what, what do we it, need to get the outcomes? Yeah. What? Or could I phrase the question slightly differently? Mm-hmm. What do we need in order to be able to practice in a manner to maximise, ensure mm-hmm. those outcomes? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, what do we need in order to practice well? Mm. Said in English. Yes. Um, okay, so we need some physical things, right? We yeah, need, we do. We need a container uh, with a printer and a oh yeah, right, a, wow, you know, Let's some go. sort of soft furnishings, and I think yep. a coffee table is reasonably necessary. Oh, because um, wow. you might need to put your notebook on the coffee table, or okay, the client sure. might need to put their coffee or their water bottle on the coffee table. I mean, you can put right, it on the yeah, floor, okay. I guess, yeah, but, so you know, ideally. A, a little table, <laughs> Sorry, some kind of a little. Very, very, yeah, con- very concrete. Yeah, Here's yeah. a nice yeah. pen, right? So you can just see that the needs are getting more and more and more. Yeah, I, I <laughs> Once again, we must go to Dilbert. <laughs> Dilbert has a hierarchy of workers' needs, the base Does being it? caffeinated fizzy drinks. The next oh, step up being able to solve a crisis of your own making. Oh, you know, that this is what workers too. need. <laughs> I think that works in therapy as well. You know, you need some way of solving that damn crisis. You need a way of doing it. 
But anyway, oh, Maxi will bring you back okay. to your so, so they're yeah. the physical kinds of Oh, things. the physical stuff. Yep. Yes. Good right. So we right. get that out of the way because that's, mm. I mean, I, you know, I, I think yeah, I've worked in situations where that is uh, not provided and it makes it so much more difficult. Yeah. I, sure. I, I would also like a little bit of classical music in the back. Oh, you like a bit of music in the room. Oh, that's yeah. lovely. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Um, what else I, do you like? What else do you need to get these outcomes? What else do I'm you need? I'm too embarrassed to say. Oh, um, gosh. Oh, okay. Gosh, now we're, we're getting affronted because now. Because <laughs> I know, I know that okay. you're a little bit against the scented candle in the therapy room. No, well, only because it makes you hungry usually. <laughs> I'm always hungry anyway. Oh, you but, like, yes, no, it's nice should... to set. No, but what you're describing is the container. You're saying that we need a good-looking container for the work to happen. It's got to feel solid and real and supportive. It, it, and, it's yeah, got to feel and, comfortable. I think yeah, comfortable yeah. Comfortable. In, for for the clients, yeah, you know it's 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 halfway there. Uh, I so agree. Now, what do we need in terms of the individual practitioner? Oh uh, yeah, right. Okay, yes. So what do we need there? Well, what? Uh, and I'm not sure what to talk about here because yeah, well, you, you need hmm. training. Uh, I suppose need, so. Yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, you need training. You need a way. You need a framework, a, a procedure, a way of thinking about techniques. You need understanding. Yeah, yeah. Even if that's just assessment and yeah, treatment sure. yeah. You need some kind of conveyor belt approach you're going to use over and over again. Some kind of consistent way of understanding what's going on and what where we've got to get to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know at a more basic level, I guess, how to do an initial assessment, how to feedback. Um, and that that varies across psychology. Yep. I mean, clinical psychology is very into the formulation, um, which, which is yeah. a way of feeding back and guiding treatments. Um, but let's just put that aside okay. because that's kind of boring. Uh, it's not boring. Yeah. Maybe people well, are finding it. Well, interesting yeah. maybe you're finding it interesting but what do i need as a <laughs> practitioner to keep going let's make this all, all about right, yeah. me okay no problem that's fine as well oh we can so make it all about you because no we're, well we're like okay. racehorses aren't we we, we, need, are, we are a bit like racehorses i'm, I'm I we think, need I think massages I and to yeah, be brushed oh, yes. down and I mean, special grain <laughs> um <laughs> i think um I think we um yeah, you keep going till we get to a clear point of discussion, maybe because we're, we're we're going around something. I'm not sure. What I we're could, I about could yet. possibly yeah. never get to a clear point of discussion oh, well. here, but I am zeroing in on something which is okay. uh, that perhaps part of the magic. Yes, and I don't know how this part of the magic that's yeah. not like me to say that part of the science mm. is how well supported is the practitioner okay this is what we're trying to talk about isn't it uh, yeah because right, if sure. the practitioner this is the interconnectedness yeah, of all things miss Imi. Yes. um miss Imi, sorry women yes, athletes yeah. not girls yeah um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah. But the interconnectedness of all things points to the fact that if the practitioner is not safe, then yeah. all of the soft furnishings doesn't count, and yeah. all of the training it doesn't count because why the hell wouldn't you just bring out the cliches? Good, because cliches point. don't get they provide in a trouble. Yeah, they, a don't do no, they don't do anything. They don't do anything. But hmm. they won't get you into trouble. So what we're talking about here is safety, aren't we? But we're talking about a yes. felt sense of safety for the practitioner yes. during in the work. And this is a hell of a conversation, which I don't it think is. you can ever get to the bottom of because some of it is circumstantial or situational. Like how yes. but some of it, like, you know, clients can bring in. I do a lot of work with trauma, you know, and trauma experiences are horrendous. They just, they're horrendous. Yes. Yes. So the client doesn't feel safe. No. Um, and you you got to feel safe for, for two people. Yeah. 
so this, I've got a story about this, that I was up at the shops up at, I better not say the town near where I live, but anyway, up there, and there was one of those beings trying to, you know, those, those green politics beings at the traffic lights. And I was going over to the noodle shop <laughs> for lunch. I was keen to get to the noodle shop. Anyway, wow, this I'm being, loving this yeah, story yeah. already. Well, there's, there's a noodle, a noodle shop, well, there's an there environmental like, I got, activist. I got a park on the wrong side and I run into the environmental activist who accosted me, you know, like they do, and wanted me to sign a petition and the, it, this, I thought, all right, so I had to wait for the lights to go so that it was a way of dealing with him. So I said, right, okay, sign the petition. So he engages me in dialogue. I'm like, okay, what do you do for a living, he says. And I said, oh, I'm a psychologist. And he goes, are you a clinical psychologist? I said, wow. I know. I said, immediately, immediately aggressive. I said, no. I said, no, I'm a counselling psychologist. Oh, my girlfriend's a clinical psychologist. And I mean, so this went on for a minute about who's who's bigger or better or whatever. And he said, I said, you know, he goes, so it doesn't really matter for me whether I'm a clinical psych or not. The reality is I sit in a room with a person an hour at a time who's telling me about the darkest hours of their life. That's what I do for work. What are you doing for work? And then I went to the so, noodle shop. <laughs> so that's an example of how unsafe you can feel just by people's views of what you do. And it, that's a that was a really complex interaction to digest. Like he was, I didn't want to get accosted. He was angry about the forests in the Amazon. Um, it was somehow psychologist's fault and maybe mine because I wasn't a clinical psych. Who knows? It's a very complex uh, dynamic we had at the, like, the lines. Was he really angry at his girlfriend? Oh, um, God, there's probably how? that as well. Like I couldn't, I didn't have time to get into that because I was hungry for lunch and there was a um, queue at the noodle <laughs> shop. Like, you know, And also he wasn't paying me. Do you want to talk about that with me? There's a fee. <laughs> Because this- if you're gonna if you're gonna feel that kind of aggression with somebody and try and help them with it, there definitely needs to be a boundary on what you're doing, and there needs to be an agreement on how we. You definitely need to go slowly through that conversation because there's so many component parts to his character, his sense of self, what went into his projection. I'm going to say of internal aggression and childhood losses onto the forests of the Amazon that were being burned, and his outrage about that. So. That is, there's a lot of unsafeness in that particular scenario and there's a lot of people that want help who are in situations like that. So digesting that and working with that dynamic is inherently unsafe. Wow. Hmm. So you can't be safe. Well, I think I think the truth is you have the to be able to... The practitioner can't yeah, be safe. Not in an absolute guaranteed way. Like I think... The tra- when psychoanalysis causes transference, and I think we've forgotten to talk about transference, but I think we need a name to talk about the emotional impact of the work we do and the, and the emotions that you're left with before and after a session from a client, which is a very mysterious and weird experience. And some pe- I think it happens to all of us, but not all of us have words to label it. We may not have the sensitivity to uh, detect it, and it loads, you up, loads up your body with stress. Yes, yes. Um, for example, now yeah. I'm absolutely fine, but my but demon cat. tiger is tiger. Becoming, what's he up to? Is becoming quite agitated and is rowing. He all, he's, um, he's all he's he's, he's, he's always he? hungry. Is yes. he hungry? Oh, he's oh, he's trouble. He got a little tin of disgusting, squashy food this morning, so I'm not totally sure what his problem is. But he's got sensitive digestion, our tiger, doesn't he? Yes, but yes. Now, sorry, you were saying something. Well, that's that's interesting. We can't. You can't be you personally. Yeah, Imogen can't be safe at lights going to noodle shops. No, up up the (laughs) Um, road when I'm sneaking out for lunch. I so I I'm both being serious yeah, I know. here 
no, no, I am being serious. It's although it's going to come across as a little bit facetious. In <laughs> casual interactions, oh. do you tell people you're a psychologist? This is our theme about running into people. And if you weren't going to speak the truth, if you were going to choose, right yeah. now I'm focused on noodles, I'm not going to be authentic. <laughs> What would you be? Once again, we must reference my friend who is a geography teacher, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) clinical psychologist by day, geography teacher by night. Um, She has toyed with being a shoe designer. Uh, So my high school geography teacher, interesting story, used to always make sure her shoes, belt and handbag matched. And she had a variety in in the cupboard. I remember a green special, Kermit, Frog, Green, which is an interesting choice, but I guess green, grass, hills, landscape, geography, it all goes together. The expression matchy-matchy was invented for that person. Oh, geez. She had, a, she had the perm, the full 80s perm and the matching handbag, belt and shoes. That was her fashion contribution. Now, right. Yeah. Friends' you know. theory is that people are so gobsmacked by this, they don't <laughs> ask any further questions of geography teachers. What was the question? We're trying to figure out. What are we trying to figure out, Jerry? Oh, the safety business, the safety. Oh, I got sight. We see it must be a bit of a, I'm not concentrating. Sorry. I'm right. Safety. We're talking about fashion because we're not feeling safe. <laughs> Why aren't we feeling safe? Do you tell people? That's right. Do you tell people? Um, look. Oh, gee, that's a good. I used to, when I was younger, I used to tell people I was a secretary or an admin assistant, as is the current term for that role. Because you get such a wide variety of responses from people. It was so inconsistent. It was hard to know who to be. I think the second you mentioned that you're a psychologist, people can't see you anymore. They don't realise that they, they you're a person there's anymore. There's some kind of reaction and if if you're just going about your day, if you're buying your newspaper <laughs> or, yeah. you know, excited by the Olympics or, you know, scratching sure. your ass, you, can't you, be, yeah. you don't want other levels to process. Uh, God, Tiger's it, really going for it, isn't he? He's crying. Oh, yes. Yeah, Tiger so hasn't upset. been served for like 15 minutes or something. Oh, I don't know. he's upset. He's a demand Tiger is not baby. upset. He's, well, he's well, he's carrying on. All right. I was, he can just do controlled crying for a minute. It's all right. <laughs> oh, he really is. He's really I'm a behaviourist. I will attend to Tiger when he's behaving yeah. appropriately. Not when Tiger reinforcing wants. his good behaviour. <laughs> Safety, right? Come on, we're fluffing around. What are, what are we up to here? Safety, Jerry. Okay, so I think what the the real way to achieve safety is, I think it's about inner work. It's about making sense of the horrors that are coming into your office in whatever form they're coming in, and you have to figure out what what your personal response to the horrors truly means, and if you can master that. You can sit with in a compassionate space with more and more and more horror, and some and that's that's exactly what's happened in my life, in my work. And, and life. sometimes, and sometimes that's what's needed. Well, it's I mean, there's you, trauma. You cannot imagine some things like you think you know stuff, but it just the permutations of horror that can come in. And I'm sure like, you know, we're in Australia, the people who've arrived here have either fled from, they're either political or economic refugees in some form, whatever the force was that motivated you to immigrate to this country. And so you've got a, a horror somewhere lurking in the background that, that made you do that. Mm. Mm. And it's hard to talk about and it's hard to recover from and... So, but what's what's trauma really? It's like a, a a nervous system response that can't be quietened. It can't be calmed. Like you've got this reaction that you keep having. It, it's like yes. some, and and when that reaction happens, it's mobilizing your body to say there's a threat somewhere. Like we've got to yes. deal with the threat, and that's yes. what makes you feel unsafe. So you have to master that reaction in yourself, so that you can create a sense of st- stability and calm when someone's telling you that story or 
or being with it when they're describing what's happened to them. Yes. Yes, you have to process you have to process the threats, whether they're in the room or whether yeah. they're external. You're talking so, you're yeah. talking about stuff within the room and I'm yeah. All right, mostly sure. talking about external things, which Okay. Well they they can be the same though. So um are you talking about like structural, like a lack of understanding from colleagues, organisation? What what can we be more specific? Or uh, definitely, okay. definitely. Uh, in fact, I can even give a concrete example here. Let's have a concrete um, example. So I Tiger's oh, Tiger's oh, he's Tiger. wants to be part of it. He wants to be part of it. Oh, he's yeah. coming on. <laughs> Tiger's got opinions, obviously. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> so I had a much loved client who um had an artistic side and oh. was suffering depression. Yeah. And he or she was in the room of a previous workplace, oh. uh, was in the waiting room, and there was uh, uh, reception staff in the waiting room, admin staff in the waiting room, I'm not sure. Um, and I greeted my client warmly, ready to take them into the room, and I greeted them by gesturing to myself and saying, Something like it's good to see you, and um, I'm I'm rocking the look of middle-aged woman. Too many accessories, uh, so just having a oh bit of banter there in the waiting room um, oh no. because I, you know, it was an authentic communication. I was oh. middle-aged woman rocking too many accessories. I mean, don't you like to do that sometimes? Do you? like that oh, look do you do like you know? sort of middle-aged woman visiting an art gallery lots of drapey stuff drapey. Um, sometimes I'm into that but we'll, at, we'll, at that we'll moment I was that. In, we'll talk about that in a minute keep okay. going at that moment <laughs> I was into too many accessories right um okay. anyway so uh, banter you know finished we went into the uh, uh therapy yeah. room and had a session yeah. of of exciting clinical psychology evidence based Woo. practice. Um, <laughs> so Go for gold. <laughs> win that However, race. Some, yeah, anyway, yeah. Some days later, so so this this story is in fact not about the clients. This story is about the workplace and the lack of safety. Uh, it got back to me and the principal talked to me about stupid things. I said. Oh wow. So you uh, had a bit of ooh. It, it came it, it came back from admin staff. So um, you were corrected on your use of language and permitted words. Oh Jerry. Wow. So the totalitarian state arrived. Perhaps there Australia. was some anti yeah. anti uh anti-accessory stance. Yes. Just hang on, back the truck up. What exactly did the tool say to you? What did he say? I probably do say a lot of stupid things, but uh, there's, there's no doubt about it. But hang on. Um, okay, but, hang, hang on a minute. Um, what was his concerns about your uh, referencing your accessory use? Like what was the harm you were causing or the criminal acts that had occurred? Like what, what, just can we, let's super precise, let's articulate the tool's viewpoint. I, I, I don't think that this, this was specified. Oh, interesting, interesting. What, mm. what I think is particularly interesting and this, this told me something about what the path of communication was. And okay. the path of communication was admin staff to the principal. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, my God, Jerry. So, um, oh, my God. Do you know, I used to work for the Department of Health and Human Services in my state of origin now. And on a, we, we were, I was on an adolescent specialist team when I first started work and we had an, um, we used to have like events in the office to try and liven things up. So on April Fool's Day, I, pro- <laughs> I piloted uh, a practical joke day 
And there were a number of female um, employees who had minor meltdowns. Uh, and one of them had a little tantrum where she had to, she yelled at everyone and um, went to the bathroom and cried for um, a good hour. And I had to discuss with her her concerns about the practical jokes, which we thought were hilarious because we were working with adolescents. So we thought it was like a hot, really funny. But what was actually going on is there's a certain kind of female employee who is bitter and resentful about their lack of opportunities. And when I had an authentic conversation with this tool, she ended up explaining to me that she hadn't had, had opportunities that she perceived I had had. She knew nothing of my life, nor the struggles I'd had, nor the, I can't swear, but um, the escape from legacies of massacres of Aboriginal people in Australia, let's just say. None of that was considered by her white ass. But anyway, apparently I'd had more opportunities than she had and she was having a cry about them. And I said to her, but you could go to university if you wanted to. You just have to, you know, work at it and not eat for three or four years and, you know, study and never sleep. And anyway, the point of the story is there's a certain person in the workforce who decides to react to their lack of whatever by becoming resentful. They're hurt by it, but they choose not to do anything about it. Yes, yes. And she First was, of all, a couple of comments here. Okay, I yeah. love it when you get all frisky and angry. <laughs> um, secondly, it's cat-like, isn't it? <laughs> yes, you have you have exactly nailed the problem because if you draw attention to your accessories, people oh. people will be envious. Yeah, so, envy, so whether it's well. opportunities, whether it's you know, clanky costume jewelry. Oh. <laughs> you you can engender bitterness in people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so so yes. No. I I sorry. I couldn't help myself there. Please no, keep well, talking well, because I want to know what happened. And and <laughs> I am a bit impatient with you. I know I'm oh, a bit impatient sorry. with your younger self because oh right, what happened this there? Situation right. was crying out for cliches. There was lots of cliches. There was hairdos that were. Well, what cliches do you think? Uh, we just value you, you so much. And oh, I did a bit of cliche. I, you know, yeah. there, there's there's an obvious. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, communicate a misunderstanding here, a communication. Oh, yeah, I went that, through all and that. We're with just <laughs> very different people, but that doesn't mean that I don't totally value what you oh, do. Mate, here. And we couldn't get by without you. Well, um, let me tell you one of the practical jokes we played on our team leader that year, and this is still played every year. Last I heard, because one of my clients came in and told me about this practical joke, and I went, Really? Okay, so I won't name the agencies. We we were like government adolescent agents agencies in the community, NGOs, and we would work together with contract cases back and forth and do go to court and all sorts of carry on. Very exciting. And we had clients that were frequently trying to do crazy things like crash cars and tra train surf and light fire to parliament. You know, it's good stuff. <laughs> so what? So what? One year on on April Fool's Day, we created this fabulous practical joke to play on our team leader and we got one of the agencies to send through a fax with all of the headline sort of issues that would have gone straight to the minister stuff like they've got a petrol bomb that channel seven choppers are come are here <laughs> um someone's got a shotgun you know we just put all the crisis response cases for the last two years in one practical joke and we wrote a fax a cri like a crisis uh, like a crisis alert you know crisis report and uh, we, our team leader got this fax and we were all there in a team meeting and you could just see the blood slowly draining from his face. And then, of course, um, you know, rang, did, did the crisis response and formed the minister and, and we'd, we'd alerted everyone that this was on so not to take it seriously. And our team leader took us to McDonald's and did not speak to us for like a week. <laughs> But God, it was it was such a good practical joke. Now the agencies play it on each other every year. So tradition can come from these sorts of things. I know. That is, oh, it was so, that funny. Is so it was out so, there. Oh, we got punished though. God, we got punished. We weren't spoken to. We didn't get any love or attention or good good vibes for a week. 
we just got oh we got we got silence but it was a hell of a joke God, it was funny it had it had everything car blew up like kids kids are holding someone hostage because <laughs> we worked with high-risk adolescents you know like naughty <gasps> naughty kids you know oh, oh it's so funny no, it's so funny Sorry, I, I, I'm hearing that, but part of me is a little freaked out by that. Um, <laughs> we, we made sure the only person who thought it was real was our team leader. We worded everybody else up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we'd had sort of aspects that they were all part of cases that had actually happened. Like they were, we just added together all the crisis issues we'd had for like 18 months or something. So when you looked at it all together, in the back of your mind, you must be going, have we done this before? Didn't that happen already? Um, (laughs) You know, it was a bit too much. Like it was just. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also April the 1st. It was April the 1st. (laughs) Yes. I I, I don't know if people do that kind of thing anymore. They don't. don't. They don't yeah. just um just if you're from Queensland and geez we had a good laugh because in um, in that kind of, kind of service you need a good laugh otherwise you just be crying yeah, all the time. I mean that is true too. That <sighs> this isn't really a practical joke. This is no, just a kind sure. of mental health in joke. But sometimes uh, if the head of the mental health service was late to a meeting, I would page him. Why are you abandoning us? You're so um, funny. See, I, I think we need more of that at work, but um, but no. More jokes. Care, well, we need, oh, especially jokes against health. people God, in charge. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I used to love We possibly do. It's, it's really it's being phased out a lot. You, <laughs> Capitalism get, doesn't like it. <laughs> but you get these awesome workers, like at the Monash Psych Unit, that they were, like we used to have to go on, like I guess you go on visits all the time and, you get these great workers, like you walk in and there'd be a mental health worker with a with a long stick with a star on the end and a couple of ribbons. And I'm like, what's that? And she's like, that's my wand. It helps them go to sleep. <laughs> wow. And you know, that's the sort of that's the sort of vibe I think we need to. It's it's hard to, but some yes. people are not are not comfortable. Like you know, obviously a, a wand yes. helping yeah. people go to sleep. Yeah, because what what we've identified here, what we've identified <laughs> yeah. here is that humor is is a form of communication that is yeah. authentic and it's beyond cliche, although it often uses cliches. Yeah. And, sure. and through through humor, as, as frightening and risky though it is, good good things can happen. You build connection I, and community, and it's a way of reorienting your attention to the truth. Yeah, yeah. Because without um, the truth, you've got no rudder. And and when when somebody like the reception staff member, who's taken upon herself to correct you by going to speak to Boss Cocky, Mister Principal Tool Patrol, and you've got some feedback that goes, none of that, big G. <laughs> None of that. That's Did not okay. You? Yeah. Did you just say what was that expression? Boss cocky tool patrol. School principal tool patrol. <laughs> yes. We Yes, because if we, you're gonna you, behave you like that. You're gonna leave me with that, aren't you? You're gonna end things and leave me with that phrase. I'll have to debrief you later. Oh, wait. Well, look, look at that time, Jerry. We've got to bugger off. We've got to bugger off. We, we, <laughs> look at that we time. I'm going to go and look. We, we did. Anywhere? I've got to go and lovingly stroke my accessories. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so. And attend to Tiger, who's waited patiently now that he's got cuddles happening. Is he, is he on your No, he's yeah. not. He's hovering oh, no, around. Tiger's gone all quiet. Oh, is that, that a good sign? And he's pooed somewhere. Gee, you're yes. just got toileting no, issues with sign. your baby cat. Can we, Jerry? <laughs> no. This is this is an interesting yes. dilemma. On that cheerful All note, right. I will say goodbye. All we right. shall return to our authentic communication. Okay. Um, right. Bye. See ya. Bye. <laughs>